I have had just just on f- running on fumes and some some peanuts. Like, did, don't you a, have any of that Fairlife stuff? I do. Uh, I did not. I again, I woke up three minutes before the meeting started. Not enough time to chug a Fairlife. Uh, Slam I it. Didn't, I didn't think of it. Oh, chug think that of it sludge. Now. Go oh, grab that sludge. Okay, do you, are, are you yelling at me to go chug you the sludge? You should eat! I mean, I... Okay, fine. Be right back. Go eat. Go eat. I'm counting stitches. All right, when I get back, we're starting. Three, okay. 12, 15, 14, 15. Oh, wait. 15 is all I need. Yeah! Okay. Listeners, I'm working on a pair of hand warmers for the wonderful gay boy next door. They are in orange, pink, and purple. And I think he's going to fucking love them. But they're much smaller than me. <laughs> he is a much smaller person than I am, being a teen. So I have to sort of eyeball the size. I try to put them on to test them. I'll just stretch them out. Anyway, don't tell them I'm making any of these. Those might, you know, ruin the surprise. Just come back. You got your chocolate okay. sludge? I got, I've got my sludge to chug. I brought it up. I, I came downstairs Chug and Julia was like, are you done? And I was like, no, and Ray yelled at me because I hadn't eaten very much. And she was like, good, I would have yelled at you too. Let's do our intro. Okay. Hey, this is Bonus Experience. We are a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. And yes, we swear. I'm Ray. I'm industry professional. Cool. I'm Monica. I'm also an industry professional. (laughs) Some days I feel like rattling off my CV and sometimes I'm like, fuck it, you know who I am. It's been four years. Yeah, go just go listen to another episode. (laughs) <laughs> go listen to another episode where I tell you exactly who I am. Yeah. Don't you know <laughs> uh, who I am? Hey. So we're going to do something a little new for season four, which is what this episode is. Uh, we are we are buying independent games and reading them. Woo! Yeah. We really want to look at stuff by independent artists. And we're going to we're going to read through the game um, and we're going to talk about our impressions, like what we liked, what we didn't like. What really blew us away, all our feelings, and I guess putting it up front that there's a chance that we won't like it. We will check out pretty much any suggestion, but like if we don't like it, please don't don't take that as like a don't ever buy this. That's not what we want at all. We would like you to monetarily support independent artists, and we will in fact make it very easy for you to click the link and buy the thing. And in all honesty, like we read this or or you know at least skimmed it before getting together to record this. And if we had both determined this is garbage and neither of us like it, this the episode would not exist. Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't, <laughs> it, we wouldn't it would go not. through. So there's going to be something that we like. It's not going to be a jeffy. It's not going to be like a pan. Yeah. I pan I, it. I'd... A flop. <laughs> yeah, no. If, it, if we absolutely hated it, I don't think we would We would give it airtime. And I, this is, this sounds like we hated it, which we didn't. We actually liked this a lot. Yeah, I don't know why we're doing this. <laughs> I don't know. I Part of me was like, I feel like we may eventually read something that we don't like we have critiques of or like, hey, this made me feel uncomfortable or like I didn't like that it dealt with these heavy things or whatever. Or or just plain. It didn't really do it for me. It didn't really do it for me. And I, what I don't want is that to 
make our listeners not buy something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got anxious and then just did this whole thing, which maybe I didn't need to do. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the beauty of recording podcasts is that we fix it in post. We sure can fix it in post. By which I mean Margaret can fix it in post. Fix it in post, Margaret. Mm-hmm. Margaret. We encourage our listeners to go buy any game we read, uh, check it out for themselves, and monetarily support independent artists. Yes, please do this. Please do this thing. Even if you're like, I don't know if I'll play it, but it sounds like something I want to read. Yeah. Or, you know, just fucking do it. Just do it. We haven't done this episode yet, but, um, you know, cultural transmission uh, is how the majority of games spread, you know, word of mouth. So, um, you know, we're here to help spread some of the word. Yeah, with our mouths. Um, oh, boy. Sorry I said that. <laughs> I have to sneeze, but I also have to laugh. I don't know if I should mute myself. Uh, um, did, you, did you do the thing? I'm okay. The moment passed. All right. If you have suggestions for a game we should talk about, join us in our Discord channel. Um, remember to support us and join the Patreon-only room where we take suggestions and, so- and much more. Well, wait, where we take suggestions much more seriously. That's what you wrote there. Yeah, I completely fucked up trying to explain it. Join our Discord. You can suggest games there. But huh. if you are a patron and you suggest a game in the patron channel, we are much more likely to actually accept that suggestion because we love our patrons and we want to do the things that they tell us because they give us money. Yes. True. What a value for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our first game on listener rec- recommendation is The Man and the Stag, which is by. Bo Sheldon, who is also one of the people, is it also Thoughty? Is there is there like game thing? T h o u g h t y. Yes, Thoughty. Thoughty. <laughs> uh, and you can find their games on brebo.itchio. Itch.io. I've always pronounced it itchio, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the man and the stag is a two-player storytelling game. It uses a deck of cards to pace scenes and determine the theme. Players tell stories and play out scenes about the unusual The Man, capitalized, who stays in their cabin in the woods and alone, except for The Stag, capitalized, from The Copes, who wants to influence the world of man with magic. Whether this connection leads to a revelation or condemnation does truly depend on the cards. So what you need to play this game is, uh, well, you're two players, obviously, a deck of cards with no jokers and no aces, A couple sheets of paper with some pencils because you'll need a map. You need to keep a list of characters and you need to start a timeline. Bo also says to use the script change RPG toolbox was another one of Bo's. I think we covered that in uh, our safety tools episode. We did. We did talk about that. Um, Yeah. Use the script change RPG toolbox. Yeah. It's useful if you're going to play a game that's almost entirely storytelling too. Yes. Yes. And then you need about four four to six hours or room for two, three hour sessions. Unfortunately, because of time constraints, Monica and I haven't had a chance to actually play this game. Although I would love to and and get fucking weird and emotional. <laughs> maybe we can maybe we can do a series where we maybe we can play some games and then ship them off to freelance Margaret's as off season content. That's a great idea. Just I, bank them. I just tapped my temple. <laughs> 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 so what i like first off like right away it hits you with the characters in this game can be either gender or any gender Mm -hmm. 
even though it's the man and the stag, they can be no gender or any gender, and they could be at any age in different spots of the timeline. The only guidelines you're given about the two characters right away are that the man is reserved, curious, and alone, and the stag is stark, ancient, and powerful. They have to be present, however minimally, in every scene. There's something unusual about them, and wherever they go, the stars follow. I like it. Yeah, it's a. I love stuff that just gives you like a prompt, as yeah. opposed to like here's a biography that you've got to work <laughs> with somehow. <laughs> here's just a couple of words and a couple of prompts, and it's it's meant to be weird. Right away, I get like a uh, great forest spirit. We give you back your head vibes <laughs> from, <laughs> from Princess Mononoke, which um, you know I, I love. I, I I saw a tweet about it like literally last night about how we've continued like as a as a western culture to connect deer with gateways to the other world how deer are liminal creatures for some reason like like you know like in horror movies and things like that when you see a mutated deer or a or a mauled deer that's when you know like oh shit something's happening right right i I wonder if it's because deer are crepuscular (laughs) oh yeah could be yeah just a very just on a basic level you only see deer at dawn or at dusk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if a deer is out in the middle of the day, something weird is happening. And also deer are pretty important to to functioning Western society. Like, I maybe I, I don't know enough about like Eastern ecology, but I know that deer are like pretty frequently hunted and ate. Yeah. They're Venison's important for really good. Important for eating. They are. Also, I live in a place where there's lots of fucking deer. <laughs> yeah i don't get i mean i i can i can see it as a storyteller like yes deer powerful mysterious creatures but in real life they're like uh, they're in real life rats with they're hooves. like rats with hooves yeah <laughs> big rats with hooves i don't really feel a particular fondness for deer <laughs> uh it's, it's one of those things that if you live in a place where you don't see deer uh, seeing a deer is like oh it's so magical it's beautiful I, there's a there's a comedian bit about this Right, like you're like we've been graced by nature. Uh, if you live in a place <laughs> where deer are all the time, you're like, that's food. Also, a pest. It's <laughs> a pest, and it's an edible pest. It's an edible pest. Chase it with a stick. Like, <laughs> uh, if you if you grew up in Hickville, nowhere, like I did, uh, you know, your joyriding as a teen was often punctuated by not hitting deer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I grew up in the, in the Pacific Northwest, which was like, the deer were not fucking afraid of you. You could feed all of them from your hand. And there were plenty of times when, like, it got to the point where, where we lived, there, there was a, like, a family unit of deer that would just sort of appear in our yard and look at us expectantly because they knew we had apples. <laughs> <laughs> Just little little pests. <laughs> Just oh, what magical creatures! And then there was the fucking the Ron White bit about his brother-in-law bragging about what a great hunter he is, and you know, like oh, I was hiding in you know this deer, and I you know, hit it right between the eye. And Ron was like, I hit one going forty with a van. <laughs> what an elusive little creature! <laughs> uh, so um. Despite this brief, <laughs> despite us now, about despite deer, despite us talking about how much we hate deer, deer. <laughs> uh, the game has a very fairy tale or mythological tone to it. Yes, um, yeah. in fact, right after that bit that Ray just read, that sort of describes 
the two characters that both people play. It talks about how one of the two characters always dies at the end of the story, uh, or both of them, and then goes on to talk about how that's not necessarily tragic. It can be loving or exploratory or adventure or weary or just, you know, cathartic or whatever, and that you you know that this is going to end with the demise of one or both of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you approach that by making basically like a list of ways you want to approach that, which they call tones and themes. Right. They they basically have like the microscope palette right. in play where you yeah. write down the things that you would like to focus on, but also write down the things that you want to discourage. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want it, I don't want to talk about this. Be I don't want this to be like a story of of grief and fear. I want this to be like a story of celebration and and wonder. Then you like note that down to make sure that you, you know, can keep your shit together. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about how this is actually played? I'm it. still uh <laughs> I honestly it's so bare bones that right. I had to read it a couple of times to be like, did I miss something? But it's it's really it's really free form and it's really it's 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 kind of this is I look at this kind of more like a toolbox than a complete game, even though there's some really beautiful prompting. Because with the map and the timeline, the map is just like mark one spot for the cabin with like a small drawing of a cabin or something. And then mark another spot somewhere else for the copes. And then anytime you add a location via your story, write down where that could be on the map with like three descriptive words next to it about the location. And then the timeline is just like draw a big spiral. You're not going to worry about it until the second phase of the game. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, cool. The, uh, the way you play is you have your cards shuffled and then, uh, well, for you, you sort them into numbered cards and royal cards. Right. Then you split those into red and black. Then you shuffle those individual decks. The number of the card represents the intensity of the connection between the two characters and how well they understand each other. Like, like how, how, how raw and intense and like pure the connection is going to be in the scene. It, they even know this could be emotional, but it could be like the intensity of damage done or how hard something is to achieve or whatever. And then the suit represents the type of experience that will, will the type of scene that you're going to be having with hearts being emotional, clubs being physical, spades being environmental, diamonds being material. The card color indicates which player describes the scene with red for the man and black for the stag, which obviously, you know, if you're paying attention, that means that the stag is going to have the physical and environmental cards as the clubs and spades. And the man is going to have the hearts and diamonds. So he'll be talking about the emotional and the material. It's clever. Uh, at any time, a player can offer to let the other player play a card of the initiating player's color. Or a player can ask to play the opposing player's card to allow a richer experience for both. This is one of the very few like optional like, oh, you could mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in our deep dive about social mechanics... We talked about storytelling games using mechanics basically to drive conversation and to create frameworks for the way you progress narratively, right? When you are looking at a storytelling game like this, you are not obviously like, you're not going to have like a complex crafting system in a game that's supposed to be about, you know, telling a beautiful story. Yeah. But this game is not free of mechanics. No game is. You need them. Uh, so. The mechanics here are actually focused on directing the story, and these are the phases and basically the card draw, right? So 
this game has three phases, waxing bright, full moon, and waiting dark, which is basically your three-act structure of this story you're going to tell. In the first phase, you shuffle your decks, then you pull out three cards, and then you set them aside. And the, like, the game actually comes with a little board you can print off where you put your cards down following these instructions. And I think that's very useful. Yeah, I like I like the little play mat. That's <laughs> yeah. a good, yeah, a good little, inclusion. Yeah, a little play mat. That's that's a a good helpful player tool. And then you discard the rest. You basically uh, you you keep half your cards right. and you just disregard the rest of them. Right. So then you basically play through your deck by pulling the cards, and then you play through the scene, and then you pull the card, and you play through the scene. Is how I'm understanding that. Does that seem yeah. right to you? Yeah, because it looks like the phase doesn't end. Or the first phase doesn't end until you reach reach half of the numbered deck. Because remember, you take right. your face cards out, uh, and right. you don't you don't play with any ones. So you're looking at four twos, threes, fours, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So well, you know, assuming you kept all of those in the right. decks that because you know half of them got cut like right. thrown out. Right. <laughs> so you have you have what's left of your deck, and then you play until half of those are gone, which is going to be what like five scenes. Okay, so five scenes for I the think, waxing bright phase. I think. Well, all right, so... Okay, I'm very bad at head math. 40, all right, so there's 30... There's 52 cards in a full deck. Numbered cards that you keep. Yep. And half of them goes to you, half of them goes to the other, so that's 18. So then you keep half, so you nine. You get nine scenes. So you have a potential of nine scenes. Right. Okay. Then you move to the second phase, uh, which uses face cards, the royal deck, right. called the royal deck. Right. Then you shuffle those two, and you set it in easy reach of both players, and you play both of those play these two as scenes and when you have when both of you have drawn two kings the phase is finished period right so it could be a single scene where you play two kings because you know luck of the draw yep and then you that's when you label the start and end of your timeline Mm -hmm. which is interesting you get your intro phase of just figuring out what's going on like feeling out your connection between the two characters and their connection to the world and then the second phase with the face cards, the full moon phase, is when you can actually put some details down on, on what's been happening. Uh, then for the ending, you basically mix up the three cards that you had originally set aside. You draw and play two of them and then leave one set aside. As you play through it, you take that card that you set aside, you put it back with the half of the royal cards that were removed, I think, originally. Yeah. Yep. Then you shuffle those together and then you use that new deck as a scene. So you have mostly royal cards and then two numbered cards. I believe that is correct. Add a new phase one scene when you reach the new card. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. and when So you get a flashback to the first phase, a phase one scene. Well, I guess it doesn't have to be a flashback because they, they do mention earlier in the, in, the, in the setting that, or not in the setting, or earlier in the material that the timeline isn't exactly yeah, it's like a straight line. It's, it's a, a micro- spiral. It's microscope. It can go forward. <laughs> yeah. <back>. Neat. <laughs> I like I like assigning intensity and basically prompt to the cards. I, I like this idea of of using this to randomize your story. And I and I like that it, it also mixes up the formula. Like the first phase is all right, it's pretty straightforward. Draw these cards, get to know each other. And then the second phase is okay, now you're playing with these royal like the face cards and then the final phase is you have all face cards except for your phase one card which is like a weird kind of an aside or a flashback or a bright spot or however it is that that would fit into your story which is is great honestly that's really well paced 
Yeah, I I find this a very cool and thematic and interesting pacing mechanic. Like, I'm very interested in rules that create pacing. Yes. Yes, I am too. (laughs) Uh, And I think this does a pretty good job. I mean, we haven't played it yet. This is my assessment based on reading it. Yeah, just from from reading it. Yeah, from reading it, I I like this. I predict that we will be playing it. And and we'll have something for for an off season because I I do genuinely like this. I I don't I I tend to kind of be nervous of games that are extremely sincere mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know I you know using games to feel vulnerable feels I don't like feeling vulnerable because, I don't like being perceived all the time because but, sincerity is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when it's and when it's two players especially it's like it's very intimate a very intimate exchange. Yeah. An intimate exchange, Monica. (laughs) So, playing cards to create scenes is the next header. We have uh, a little bit of information on how to roll out the scene based on the card that you've drawn. You're also supposed to mark the card on the timeline with a dot or X where you think it happened and note three words to represent the scene, which could be a location, a tone, a notable event, whatever. Um, You also mark the location on the map as a dot with a label or a drawn representation. So like a little stick man or whatever. You indicate both the card suit, card suit and number uh, and whose perspective the scene like initiated with. The game also then provides a bunch of themes uh, yes. for each phase. Yes. These include things like introductions, exploration, understanding, hunger, thirst, supernatural, the world. And they're, and they're, uh, they're sort of between phases. Like, there's a list of potential themes for phase one, phase two, phase three. And then there's a little example afterwards, one of the, the play examples where it's like, oh, John is playing the man, and, and it rolls through this story with you. And the, the examples themselves are are really beautiful and really well written. And it's um, it's it's honestly very, very sweet, because it, it talks about, like, the two players and then the characters and what the characters are doing. And at the end of the example of phase one, it says Kim and John pause to reflect over the introduction of their characters and enjoy the quiet after the scene, <laughs> which is like, oh, <laughs> there's um, not to drag it out to another like fucking Ghibli comparison. But I, I, I think a lot about Hayao Miyazaki talking about it, like because someone is asking about like your 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 movie seems so reflective and there's so much quietness and a lot of Western movies would consider this empty space. And he was talking about like the pause between claps is just as important as the clap itself. You need to give a story and you need to give a scene and characters room to breathe and you need that quiet. So I, I appreciate that that Bo includes this in like the end of the phase of like, okay, they give themselves a moment to kind of reflect and enjoy the quiet after playing out this story. Yeah. I, I also think that like, it's supposed to be like, the game is intentionally supposed to be reflective, and so yes. it acknowledging yeah. that you should take a moment to reflect before moving on is good. So then there's also another set of suggestions for phase two, which include things like connection, rediscovering, memories, magic, fear, change, regret, and so on. I'm not going to read all of them. Yeah. Go buy it. <laughs> and then, And then, you know, phase three has like... Like the end of story themes, like tragedy, joy, cosmic. Then there's a little bit for closing. Yeah, closing is the time where you reflect uh, on the whole thing. 
I can't. I I skimmed closing too because I was like, yeah, okay, end of the game. I really should have like spent more time like closely <laughs> reading the text because there's an there's it's not just oh reflect on it and talk about the game. It's also like you gather the cards, the played cards, you shuffle all the played cards together, and then you pull six cards. And using the map and the timeline that you've created, you review these six cards and reflect on the scenes that you played together using those cards. Then you mark each of those scenes on the timeline with a star and you connect those stars together. And it makes like a constellation overlaying this map or timeline or whatever that you've created. And it's it's got this really cool closing about, you know, this is the constellation the man joined no matter when he died in the sky that the stag kept as his heart. We are all but stars. And it's like, oh, shit, Bo. <laughs> That's some poetic shit, Bo. Then the um, the play sheet provided at the end here. Very helpful. It comes with all of the themes that are uh, recommended. It's like, here's where you display your decks. Here's where the discards go. Here's recommend. Here's reminders on what the suits represent. Th- this is just a really neat, a very, very simple, very heartfelt, a very, very intimate kind of a game um and it it takes a long time to play (laughs) i wish i i wish we'd had some time before the review to play it so we could have a little more insight into like oh yeah this mechanic you know in in play it felt like this but uh, you know the best we have is is the reading of it which honestly i recommend even if you don't have the time to play it right now i do recommend picking this up just because the play examples and and the flavor text in here is 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 really is honestly really beautiful and uh if you pick it up now or um even wait you know a couple of days or a week there's going to be uh new art added um compared to the version that i have <laughs> because the uh the crowdfunding campaign was apparently very successful and some of the art that they have displayed on um the itch.io page is really gorgeous so this this game is only going to get better as it goes on yeah i also thought the given examples were really pretty got got a little misty at the end (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah i i second everything that you said do we have any any thoughts or critiques or anything that we would like to say as we wrap up our read i uh I feel like a little bit more behind the scenes explanation of of the cut because we had to do the math like in in our head, like on the fly of like, okay, that means there'll be this many scenes. Okay, that means that this will happen during this phase. It doesn't really spell it out, which maybe that's intentional because it's meant to be something that you discover through play because so much of this game is discovery through play. But I I feel like a little more of a... uh, of an inside baseball what am i trying to say a little more of the uh clarity of why the mechanics are used could be could be helpful even if it's just like a sentence or two but honestly that is such a small critique of this because it's 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 very well formed (laughs) this is a really this is a really nice little little art game kind of a poetry game yeah i uh I, i i i'm with you on that one that maybe i could just say this deck should contain X number of cards. Like that's it. Like yeah, that's... you will play this many scenes. Right. That uh, uh a number on that so that we know we've split everything up correctly would be uh, just kind of helpful. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is that phase two could be very short depending on your random chance, which I feel like yeah, is is yeah. intentional. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I mind that. Yeah, I don't honestly. think I mind that either. I just was like, oh, there's the, the odds of the odds of both of you drawing your king immediately are so slim. <laughs> I was like, are they though? Um, but whatever. It it just the second phase could be short. That's that seems intentional. So right. I don't want to be like, I don't think you thought about this because I'm certain that they did. So that's uh, that's the man in the stag by uh, Bo Yager Sheldon. If you're interested, please, 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 please go get a copy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, brebo.itch.io. It's b r i e b e a u dot itch.io. We will link it on our misdirected it's, mark post, and the, it's ten dollars. Yes, we, <laughs> there will be a link in the notes. But but it's ten dollars. But um, they also offer community copies for a member of the members of the marginalized community, including low income individuals. And if you don't fit that description, but you do love that they're offering community copies and want to help, they also have a community copies donation button. So you can just donate to the community copies pool. We should um, do which that. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, should do that. I think we should do that. Yeah. Every time, sure. whenever we read these, if we do something on itch, because frequently they will have community copies donation available, we should, we should do- donate to, to that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, please please go get it. If you do, let us know what you thought of it. Maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, whatever. Monica and I will probably be playing this at some point later. I might need to be a little bit drunk first if that's okay. I mean, I feel like the same, but if we do that, it might get silly. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, you know, I can get silly, but I also, I'm, oh, trauma, you know? <laughs> Gotta blast through that trauma wall with a little bit of rum. Uh <laughs> <sighs> are we gonna do our uh are we gonna do our end episode break how does this work yeah well, let's we'll do our end of episode wrap up i guess okay i guess because it's basically the mid-episode break because we, we didn't want to interrupt the our flow i wanted to talk about this all as one thought anyway bxp is brought to you by the misdirected mark network Bing. become a bxp patron patrons get to chat with us directly they get special discord roles they have a whole channel where they can harass us into adding emoji um, yes that's a, ooh, that's a new thing we added because originally anyone could add emoji and then the zoomers arrived and they've <laughs> ruined the emoji economy not the economy the, the emoji ecology <laughs> they've put invasive memes all over in our emoji so now the emoji is locked but <laughs> patrons but, can suggest them <laughs> patrons can suggest new emoji <laughs> otherwise it'd just be fucking we'd be it'd just be lousy with among us memes uh, <laughs> Uh, and we will be doing exclusive hangouts and also of course you can suggest new games for us to play yes, uh, yes. i would also like to throw out here that at 20 dollars a month we'll make you a uh, a terrible margaret certificate uh, <laughs> yes, that you it's still can, available it's still available strangely no takers <laughs> <laughs> it will be bad we will not do a good job on purpose hopefully you <laughs> laugh at it and that you print it off and hang it up on your refrigerator you can support us for a li- as little as a dollar a month, and we appreciate all donations. Hey, if you don't like Patreon for whatever reason, if you don't want to commit to monthly payments, but you still want to support us, you can still buy us a coffee at ko-fi, which is pronounced Kofi. I don't know why I have to say coffee. Mm. ko-fi.com slash bonus exp, which is like, you know, a one-time throw us some cash. Or you can buy our stuff. We have stuff. We have stuff. Uh, if you go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag, we have a merch page. That page has like our drive through RPG affiliate code, which gives us a tiny, tiny bit of money whenever you buy them. And a whole list that is currently out of date 
of all the stuff that Ray and I have worked on that you can buy off of Drive RPG with an affiliate code and support us and our continued uh, freelance employment. We are sponsored by Nerdy Cappy, and we are going to have a Nerdy Cappy exclusive BXP merch page. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag and also some really, really cool BXP stuff. God, I'm so excited. I have samples. I'm going to have so many mugs. <laughs> I have samples of the things coming because Spider was like, I don't sell these things on my store, so I don't know if they're good. Oh, we're yeah. going to be the only ones with like fidget spinners and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember to use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off and it never expires. So you can buy yourself 25 different fidget spinners. Yep. Yep. Individually. Individually. We don't have that many different designs, but. I mean, hand them out to your friends. Throw yeah. them like frisbees. <laughs> Throw them like a little shuriken. <laughs> also, you know, saying nice things, always free. You could leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, on Google, on Spotify. Spotify. Wherever. It always it helps us get more listeners. Um, we've even had a couple people in our Discord talk about how they chat about us in their Discords. Oh, which yeah. Is great. Cultural transmission. Yeah. You don't have to just leave a good review on places, though. That does help strangers find us. The more good reviews we have. Just tell your friends. Just tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your friends. Also, if you like bonus experience, you'll like mastering dungeons this is new i don't remember mastering dungeons it's, uh the up i guess there's a rebrand of down with dnd oh okay got it rpg veterans and game designers teos abadia and sean merwin look at look at the game and the hobby of dnd from a variety of viewpoints reporting the news understanding the business reviewing the products and illuminating the design uh-huh. whether you're a fan a player a dm or a designer sean and teos cover topics of interest to you which sounds like a thing that BXP fans would really like. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so you can find us at bxpcast.com. I know for a fact that's the correct URL. That is the correct URL, yes. You can email us at bonusexpcast at gmail.com. We check that email. We do. We do. That's a true statement. I'm not going to put any sort of temporal limit on it. We do check that email. You can also tweet at us. Uh, which uh, tweet tweet at us? That's such a use this on the Twitter. Uh, it's uh, at bonus exp cast on do, Twitter. You're doing great. Oh, thank you. I have to go through and fix that stupid if this then that plugin I have because it's been like a year and the image never works <laughs> and it looks so fucking ugly. And every time I'm like, "Oops, gotta fix it," and then I don't fucking fix it. <laughs> Just a hot mess. Just a hot fucking mess. Um, I'm ray w cole on twitter if you want to fucking yell at me for not fixing the if this then that plugin on bonus xp is twitter you can follow me i'm at zenith sun you can yell at me all you want about broken links but i don't care monica doesn't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm not monica's purview i maintain the discord that's my job (laughs) (laughs) and you're doing great thank you thank you you installed a bot i did i'm so proud of you (laughs) A whole bot. We have a whole ass bot on we, our server. We do. That's we have, how popular it's gotten. We have a whole ass bot where you can assign yourselves roles because I was tired of doing it for people. <laughs> and again, like on the fucking honor system. Yeah. Because we, we're still small enough that we can get away with that. Yep. Why does Patreon fuck up the role assignment I, on Discord? Is that us or is that Patreon? It's Patreon. <sighs> it's not us. Right, well, anyway, everybody get out. Yeah, let's go. It's lunchtime. I have a, I have you, a, can, uh, a weird, you can change it if you want to. I got a weird email I got to answer. All right. Yeah, we should. 
do that. Change it if you want to, and don't mm -hmm. break it if it's not <laughs> broken. I was really hoping you'd forgotten. Mm -mm. <laughs> God damn it. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Both of our catchphrases are things that I've said and gone, that won't do it. And you go, ha, ha, I love it. Do I have to do this? Ugh, fine. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. And edited by Margaret. Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK. And is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mart Network. Uh, I'm not reading this. Fuck it. Bye.